You're listening to What's New with Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far-off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. This podcast is supported by Tools and Weapons, the podcast hosted by Microsoft Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Each episode features insight you won't find anywhere else from the center of the conversation surrounding emerging technologies like AI. Right now on the podcast, you can hear a special episode where Brad Smith lays out Microsoft's vision for a vibrant marketplace driving the new AI economy. To hear more, follow or subscribe to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to What's New with Wired. It's Tuesday, May 3rd. Today we're talking about the co-working giant WeWork. It's been years since its highly publicized decline, but its principles have permeated traditional offices and unlikely workspaces alike. Before we get into today's top story, remember to check out our other Wired podcasts. Today in Wired Business, right-wing trolls are trying to break back into Twitter. Checking in on Wired Science, young children across the world are inexplicably coming down with hepatitis, putting parents and doctors on alert. And on Wired Security, North Koreans are jailbreaking phones to access forbidden media. Listen to these stories and more at wired.com podcasts. The Saks Works co-working space in Greenwich, Connecticut, tucked inside what was once a Saks Fifth Avenue department store, feels like a well-appointed library where no one reads, fireplace, overstuffed couches, and large potted plants. When I visited on a Monday in March, the books lining each wall, grouped by color, not theme, made an appealing backdrop for my afternoon Zoom meeting. There were a few rooms I could have booked to make a more private call, but the space was so sparsely populated that it hardly seemed necessary. Saxworks was something of a marriage of convenience for the retailer, which is looking to repurpose some of its real estate as in-person shopping dwindles, and WeWork, the fallen co-working giant that until recently managed the space. Saks' parent company, Hudson's Bay Company, has since invested heavily in Convene, a WeWork competitor that will take over. The unlikely transformation also speaks to a peculiar consequence of the COVID-19 pandemic. These days, anywhere can be an office, and every office feels increasingly like a WeWork. It's a surprising turn. WeWork's collapse is the stuff of legend, or at least of podcasts, books, a Hulu documentary, and an Apple TV Plus series. The co-working pioneer had soared to a valuation of $47 billion by 2019 on the back of stylish, amenity-rich office spaces and over-eager venture capital. But as the company prepared to go public that year, questions swirled about its viability. Within weeks, Adam Newman, the charismatic co-founder responsible for much of WeWork's myth-making, was out as CEO, the company's valuation dropped to $10 billion, and the IPO was put on ice. The office is undergoing a major evolution. But while WeWork has become a cautionary tale, office life in the U.S. has quietly embraced several of its core tenets. 
Many workers who spent the last two years at home, a small portion of the overall labor force, are being called back to offices that look different from the ones they vacated in 2020, with fewer desks and more open spaces designed to foster collaboration. A survey by CBRE, a commercial real estate company, found that 51% of respondents expect flex space to make up a significant portion of their offices in the next two years. Even the U.S. government is working on its own pilot co-working space called FlexHub for federal workers and contractors. Commercial landlords have been adding co-working spaces to their buildings as well. Those workers who don't have a company office to report to also have opportunities to co-work just about anywhere. High-end apartment complexes, Sojo, a Korean-style day spa in New Jersey, and a music venue, bar, arcade, and art venue focused on communities of color called 7th West in Oakland, not to mention WeWork and its many competitors, like Industrious and Daybase. Even virtual co-working spaces have cropped up. The office is undergoing a major evolution, says Paul Fiorilla, research director for Yardi Matrix, which analyzes commercial real estate. Employers, he says, now need to justify to workers why they should show up in person. In a survey, LinkedIn found that 87% of its employees do want to go to the office, at least part of the time. The company lets workers and teams decide when to come in, and it redesigned its Sunnyvale, California headquarters to emphasize meeting or open spaces over desks, says Shannon Hardy, LinkedIn's vice president of FlexWork. It now includes amenities like cafes open outside of mealtimes and library-like deep focus areas. LinkedIn assigns workers to neighborhoods, areas designated for particular teams or job functions. Other companies have embraced hotdesking, where you show up and grab whatever space is available, or hoteling, in which you can reserve your space in advance, usually through an app. For companies that lease their offices, that switch to a flex space can be an effective way to shrink their footprint and save money, even if some workers have reported that they miss having a dedicated desk. I would be sad if I showed up one day to a stranger in my seat, says one Spotify employee, who always returns to his pre-pandemic spot in the New York office, even though there's better real estate on offer in his office neighborhood. In late 2020, Dropbox ditched desks and perks such as free food made by chefs from Michelin-starred restaurants for a virtual first setup. Former employees told Business Insider that the transition hurt the company's culture and retention. Even more staid workplaces like banks and law firms aren't immune to the trend. Last year, the bank HSBC switched to open seating, even for executives, in its London HQ, part of a plan to shrink its overall office space by 40%, according to the Financial Times. J.P. Morgan made a similar switch. Open desk systems are nothing new. Advertising agency TBWA Chiat Day notably experimented with it in the 90s, an effort that Wired called a resounding failure at the time. Some of the frustrations identified then might be fixed today by software, including an offering from WeWork and Yardi for booking desks, finding time for teams to work together, and managing how people are distributed throughout the office. I spent a couple of weeks working out of various co-working spaces, including WeWork's six-story showpiece overlooking Brooklyn's Navy Yard, a restaurant that transitions from weekday brunch to happy hour promptly at 2.30 p.m., a climbing gym, and an outpost for the Bond Collective so well-appointed, like a Soho house, one of my Wired colleagues commented when I sent a photo on Slack, you could almost forget it overlooked a scrap metal yard on Greenpoint's industrial fringe. The spaces were inviting, sometimes beautiful, but felt eerily devoid of personal items and collaborative buzz. 
I found myself occasionally gazing up from my computer or walking down halls of mostly empty glass-walled offices looking for signs of anyone living out the do-what-you-love ethos embossed on WeWork's keycards. That's a far cry from WeWork's heyday, when individual offices were small but open spaces felt like the lobby of a buzzy boutique hotel. The spaces were a cool, cool place to work, says InsureTech CEO and former WeWork regular Paul Gagliotti, citing the event and the coffee, beer, food, and random dogs hanging around. Without that ecosystem of like-minded people in a well-designed space, it's just four walls and fruit water, in the words of one former WeWork employee, referring to one of the company's signature perks during the days when it was burning through VC money. In an effort to get its finances in order, WeWork installed real estate industry veteran Sandeep Mathrani as CEO in 2020, and the company finally went public in 2021. Today, its slimmed-down portfolio is concentrated in places like New York, Austin, and Miami, says global head of real estate Peter Greenspan, cities where space is at a premium and creative and entrepreneurial workers cluster. About half of its business comes from large companies, many of which found themselves with what Greenspan calls albatross leases during the pandemic, decades-long contracts that no longer fit their needs. WeWork's average membership agreement is for 20 months and offices can be configured quickly, avoiding the months-long construction required for more traditional spaces. WeWork has also put more focus on striking agreements with landlords to manage their co-working spaces. Part of WeWork's appeal was that it didn't feel like a corporate office. Now, as WeWork goes more corporate and co-working spaces are invading hollowed-out malls, independent co-working spaces may offer the most potential for the sort of built-in community that WeWork promised in the early days. Over the past decade, as WeWork gobbled up Manhattan office space, spots like Lab Miami in the city's Wynwood Arts District popped up in neighborhoods favored by young creatives. Roxette Miranda, the lab's managing director, says that these days members rarely work a full day in the open desk areas, but they do stop by to tap into networking and social opportunities. The pandemic was hard on indie co-working spaces, many of which closed or face relocation as developers encroach on the locations. Pencilworks, a co-working space in Brooklyn, opened in 2016 in a former Eberhard Faber Pencil Company building. The spot I booked for a day was austere, a table, concrete floors, a lamp, some outlets, but the space had a communal kitchen and views of Manhattan and a nearby water tower. Tenants were the kind of cool employers that residents of Greenpoint might want to work for, Bandcamp, a small outpost of UNICEF, and an office for local bakery Ovenly. Pencilworks is currently at 70% occupancy, down from 99% before the pandemic, but on the day I visited, the few offices that weren't empty only had a worker or two. It made me wonder, why not use the money I spent on a day pass at a bar or cafe instead? So at 6pm, I did exactly that, crossing the street to a bar called the Pencil Factory, which is not in a former pencil factory. I counted three laptops, two dogs, a baby, and a person who appeared to be working on an art project. When I loaned the person next to me an iPhone charger, it felt like the most co-working I'd done all week. The draw of both pencil spots was obvious. My commute was a 10-minute walk, but after two weeks of solo co-working, I found that I missed seeing the handful of co-workers who come to Wired's New York office. And I longed for the desk I've unofficially claimed as my own, in defiance of the company's hot desk policy. Thanks for listening to Wired. Check back in tomorrow to hear more stories from Wired.com. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. 
Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.